The WNR is live. My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started the WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the Big Four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 201, it's NXT TakeOver Phoenix live pre-show. But first and foremost, we'd just like to thank everybody who listened to the WNR 200 last night, made it such a successful podcast. Dan, what are your thoughts 24 hours on? I thought it was good, yeah, you know, we covered a lot of funny moments that we've experienced. There was a, a bit of emotional moments as well, and a lot of pictures yes there was there was a lot of stuff but we'd just like to thank everybody over fifty thousand listens last night and we continue it here tonight as well uh, before we do anything else let's start with the alternate intro when a picker destiny was released it was a bomb and all the critics said that the d was done the sun had set and the chapter had closed but one thing no one thought about, that the D would rise again, just like the Phoenix will fucking rise again. That's right, the Phoenix will rise again, yeah. And that was the rise of the Phoenix by Tenacious D. Of course, we are at TakeOver Phoenix here tonight. But what a show we have for you tonight, Dan. We've got... Games. NXT update. A mass debate. Shout out. But we'll start with the NXT news. So Dan, start with NXT news. Team is a deft hand at generating buzz around himself. Not only through his in-ring style and charisma, but also via his social media presence. From wearing trunks, instructing Vince McMahon to call him up to the main roster, to encouraging the WWE Universe to bombard the company with requests to see him on Monday Night Raw, or Smackdown Live. Velveteen Dream knows just how to harness the spotlight. This time, however, Dream has sent a message directly employer. He will be featured on this Wednesday's episode of NXT, which also happens to be on the final show prior to NXT TakeOver Phoenix event on tonight. He tweeted the following before locking his account. I know my worth... The past year, I've created a special atmosphere at NXT TakeOver until we can come to an agreement as to what my worth actually is. There won't be any appearances or performances from the Velveteen Dream or my likeness. Well, Dream has proven himself in the ring as he continues to improve with stellar matches against Tommaso Ciampa, Alistair Black, Johnny Garnet and Ricochet, to name 
just just a few. But uh, I mean, is the Velveteen Dream ready for the main roster? Could he be a surprise entry in the Men's Royal Rumble match tomorrow night? Is it wise calling the WWE? I mean, what are your thoughts? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think he is definitely ready for the main roster because there isn't a character like Velveteen Dream on the main roster, and I think he would be a great asset to either Raw or SmackDown Live. Um, could he be a surprise entrance at the Men's Royal Rumble match? Well, I don't want to release any spoilers just yet, but he might be on my list. He might be on yes. James's list. We, we've got tons of uh, bonus games we're going to play on the podcast tomorrow. Not only are we live for the Royal Rumble. And is calling out WWE a wise move? I think it is, yeah. Because it gets yourself noticed, it gets yourself out there, and it gets buzz around yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing, isn't it? And if you're making a noise, then there's going to be attention paid to him. Someone like Velveteen Dream has been excellent in NXT. He just definitely deserves a chance. But like we said, it's NXT TakeOver Phoenix just, you know, it's five past ten now, so just under two hours away. And there's going to be a couple of matches recorded beforehand. And one of these I'm really looking forward to because it's going to be Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke. And they're taking on Io Shirai and Kari Sane. Well, the four horsewomen of MMA played a pivotal role in Shayna Baszler's victory over Kari Sane, much to James's yeah. chagrin. At the last TakeOver event, this TakeOver, Sane gets a chance at revenge when she teams up with her fellow stardom alumni, EO Shirai. Yeah, the four horsemen tandem of Shafir and Duke is 0-1 on NXT programming. They lost their first match against the team of EO Shirai and Dakota Kai on the November 28th tapings. EO Shirai is 6-2 and two on WWE programming. Her only singles loss came in the finals of the May Young Classic this year. I can't remember who she lost to. She lost to uh, your pick, Dan. Tony Storm oh, in the final. yeah, that's right, yeah. Her only other loss was in a fatal four-way match, which was won by Bianca Belair, earning her the right to face Basler on Saturday, tonight. Well, Kari Sane is 17-4 and four in singles matches in WWE programming. Her only loss has been to Shayna Basler three times and Lacey Evans once. She's 1-0 in tag matches and 1-3 in multi-person matches. And also the Street Profits will take on the Forgotten Sons. Yes, and the Forgotten Sons are 3-1 and one on NXT programming. Their only loss was to Heavy Machinery. Their most notable win thus far was against the Street Profits in their debut win on the August 23rd set of tapings. Yeah, the Street Profits went 3-5 and five on NXT programming in 2018. They are one of those to start 2019. However, they also the current Evolve Tag Team Champions. But Dan, we are here tonight. NXT Takeover Phoenix, are you excited for the event? I am excited, yes. NXT takeovers are amazing. I don't think one has let me down since we've started watching them. Yeah, and what card not? So we'll run through the card later. We've got the latest episode of NXT, and we're just looking forward to NXT takeover Phoenix. Success around here is measured by two things. Wins and championships. comes to NXT TakeOver Phoenix, there will be one and only NXT North American Champion. Bianca Belair challenges Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship at TakeOver Phoenix. Wins and championships, that's what this is all about. I will make you fake. So, yes, that is NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Through the card in a bit. But let's move on to shout-outs. Yes, the first one is from Lil Savage. And, man, 
How long has it been since there's been a really good women's match on TakeOver? It's ever since Oscar left there. There hasn't been a really great women's match in NXT that stood out. No disrespect to Shayna. I think she's doing great heel work, but most of her matches are just decent to good. But she isn't on the level of Oscar, Sasha and Bailey. Well, James, as Basler's <laughs> biggest fan when she first come into it, I mean, what are your thoughts? No, no the, the Basler I liked was the, the kind of tough MMA talking uh, person who would, you know, break arms and, and get the victory done by any cost, make people tap out. Not the one who's relied on help from uh, Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke and made her look weak. And I've been saying this for a long time, the NXT Women's Division is the weakest it's been in a very long time. Shania Basler for me, is not the champion we need right now. And there's no real faces in the division to go against her, apart from Kairi Sane and Io Shirai. And, and it's really missing out. And if you look at the main roster and how good it is recently, it's because they've taken every good woman that there is. And even like people like Lacey Evans and Nikki Cross, who could have done a lot more in NXT, have taken them up and trying to not given them opportunity. And, and I think that's why NXT's kind of uh, missing out a little bit. Um, whereas last great match, I, I think Kairi Sane... Kairi Sane can have great matches so I'm hoping the next great match is Kairi Sane versus Shai for the NXT Women's Championship down the road I think those two women can really pull something out special and then we can have maybe see a great rivalry something different to what we've seen before you know because if we get two hills now maybe they give us a chance later on what are your thoughts on the women's division at the moment well is it kind of hampered that you've got NXT UK because they've taken arguably two of two women that could have been Huge stars on NXT in Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. Um, yeah. You know, I think they need to bolster their talents. I know you've got the potential incoming of Viper or Piper yeah. Niven. She'll be a great asset to have around. I do think they need to go shopping and get a few more, you know, to join the ranks. Yeah, it's, it's thin, isn't it? Raw and SmackDown at the moment are not bad. And like we said, for the Rumble tomorrow night, there's 23 confirmed. So that, that's awesome compared to what it was kind of last year, uh, whereas NXT and NXT UK kind of thin on the ground at the moment and even need to build talent up or, or do something else. It's been a bit unlucky with people like Dakota Kai and even Kari Sane with her injury, but I think with Shafir and Duke, they're too green at the moment to do anything, so that means they're going to stick around NXT and help Basra out for a while, which I think is going to be a problem. Don't get me wrong, I like Bianca Belair, but she's not shown me enough to really have this kind of opportunity and I'm not feeling the match that much, you know? But anyway, we'll talk about the match more later. And uh, up next, Anderson Tablas said, I almost wish NXT TakeOver stars could have a press conference like the UFC and NJPW. I kind of like the press conferences. But then again, I mean, NXT and WWE do do that with kind of contract signings in a way. If it's kind of a major event, major, major event, event, they do have that at WrestleManias and, and stuff like this. But, you know, it, it might be an interesting concept. I think with NXT, there's room for the move and maybe doing different things, if you know what I mean, with it, as opposed to WWE. Uh, and I think we've seen that in a kind of more focused on action than we are stories. But, you know, maybe having a kind of a way if that's what you want to do is someone like Matt Riddle or you know the people Basler or something like that, if you want to try to make that good you could do uh, what are your thoughts on having anything extra to take over like um, press conferences or even a post show or something like that maybe well you can't help but think when Smackdown eventually gets taken over and moved to Friday nights it's going to have that kind of feel about it because they want to focus it more around wrestling so you know I think that that might be shifted off to the Smackdown brand when that finally Change his hands. Uh, it would be something different, but 
you know, again, I think it, we've got enough of, you know, ex-MMA fighters coming over and, you know, honing their, well, honing their craft into wrestling. So, you know, I don't, I think too much of it will make it seem like it's meant to be UFC when yeah. it's not, it's its own product. Yeah, and I think this is the thing with NXT, I think they've got the balance right at the moment when it comes to kind of main event stories and, and how they sell them. Uh, there is room for maneuver somewhere down the road, but at the moment I think it's just fine, you know. Yes, well, moving on, and Bobby Farmer, 17, says, I love Shayna Baszler, the submission magician, and have her work cut out. But Bianca Belair is unstoppable, is an unstoppable force, and and has an undefeated streak. I can see her as the new NXT Women's Champion, and the four horsewomen won't be able to stop her. I love Bianca's 450 splash on Sonya Deville at WrestleMania 34. Well, I mean, like I said, some people are huge fans. You were on Twitter earlier, called to get everybody ready for WNR Live, and there was a little poll online, wasn't there, about what match you're looking forward to, and I think it was Basler and uh, Belair actually had the second in, in the kind of poll. It was top. It was, t- it was top, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Maybe we're not feeling it as as much, but I, I love Basler, but they just it's not right for her at this moment in time. Otherwise, or if it was, I've had that character the way it was with Shafir and Duke doing it at the start, you know? Because it is a kind of undisputed era thing as it is. Uh, with Belair, she's got to show me a little bit more. I've said this before. She is an impressive athlete and, you know, she can do a couple of great things in the ring. But it's more about telling the story. I'll be, I'll be happier if there's a story told tonight that we can get into as opposed to kind of a fantastic match. At least something, you know, that we can sink our teeth into. Yeah. It's. Uh, you know. I, I agree with that. It's. Um. You know, they're two women. You know, I've made no bones about that. I'm, I'm. They haven't impressed me enough in the ring to be classed as well. Potentially the top two women in NXT. Mm. And I think there's a few other women that deserve their spots. But it is good to see something a bit different happening at yeah. NXT Takeover. You know, like Shania Baszler's been in the title picture for the past. I'd say about a, nearly a year now since she's defeated Ember Moon. Yeah, ever since the end of the Callum May Young Classic, really, she's been involved in change things up. Then we need to get rid of Basler. So I think that's something that WWE NXT definitely needs to look at. Uh, Andrew Prelter says Alistair Black will deliver a black mask kick to Tommaso Ciampa and become the two-time NXT champion at TakeOver Phoenix. And believe me, Alistair will paint it black. To me, he's the next Undertaker. Now, Dan, you're a huge fan of Alistair Black. That is pretty heavy load to say he's the next Undertaker. I, I, it is a good shout, but I, I'd like I'd prefer him to be the first Alistair Black. You know, I don't like people having to live in other wrestlers' shadows because he is certainly a unique character in a completely different ballpark. I know you've got like the dark and mysterious side to him, and he comes out in a plateau of smoke with his rock music playing. But you know, I, I think Alistair Black is a completely different kettle of fish. To what the Undertaker yeah. is, he's... I mean, sorry, but I mean, like I said, with, with Alistair Black, you can have a kind of cool, kind of mysterious character who's like kind of ass kicker, but it doesn't need to be. As in, if you protect him well enough and you can use that character right, then of course Alistair Black can have the kind of longevity of the Undertaker. But I think the Undertaker's very special source. You see how difficult it is for Bray Wyatt. Everybody said that about him when he first came, and I think with Black, he's been so well protected in NXT. And even when it's not gone his way, like the injury, they wrote into a storyline of who done it. And I, I think I kind of sold it even more. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think that's really interesting with Alistair Black. How far do you think 
not in just your opinion, but with what WWE will do with him. Do you do you think not he's going to win the title, but what else can he do in NXT? And would it, when will he go WWE? What was he going to do? I think he could make a huge impact on the main roster, and I know we've seen a lot of wrestlers go to the main roster and not quite hit the stride they was at when they was you know when they'd left NXT. But I, you know, if it seems to, that Alistair Black's going to go up and they're not going to do anything with him, I'd sooner him stay down in NXT and carry on having and then you know gradually move up to the main roster I don't want to see Alistair Black fall flat no and this is the problem isn't it you know we we love him and for that to be wasted and to be in a couple of years time not, not used correctly it's, it's a very horrible waste for for someone of, of Ali B's talents you know well Justin Givens and you know I think this is a great statement that he makes I don't think Vince will push a dude who only says bro as his catchphrase and wrestles without a pair of wrestling boots, to be honest. Don't get me wrong, I think he's very talented, but it's a fact. And they basically give him Mojo Rawley's gimmick. Yeah, and ever since he's, uh, I've just read that, I'm not a fan of Matt Riddle anymore. <laughs> because it's a horrible gimmick to give. Um, a lot of people do complain about Riddle and his look. Uh, it's a look he, he did in MMA, obviously, and it's got over in, in wrestling. Uh, but I'm just not sure. You know, I've talked about wearing um, boots before and what trouble that can have. Rusev had it and we sit there. Uh, and I think there's a lot of things. But you've got more problems with Riddle than I have, though, haven't you? I have. I, I, I think he's he just looks completely ridiculous. Yeah, he may be a very talented guy. But, you know, someone coming from MMA, he's bound to have some good moves. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think I'm not too overly keen on the fact that he's he advertises it, and you know he's blasé about it. Yeah, you know everyone likes a drink, and you've seen wrestlers who visibly like a drink on screen. You know, APA, Austin, even the Sandman like to drink or two. Yeah, but you know it wasn't what defined them as a character. It's everything else they've done that defined them as a character. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And yeah. as for saying, oh, bro, bro me, bro this, I made my day, but, you know, he's completely fucking up words just for the sake of a bit of comedy factor. It's uh, Yeah, ridiculous. and it's and, and, and really fun, funny. I think he's a good talent, and I think there's a lot of potential there with him, but at the moment, I don't know if it's the right way of doing it, and I don't know if he's going to be a serious threat on the main roster. It seems to be split. Every people hate him or say that he should face Brock Lesnar, and again... You you can't do that straight away, you know. No. It's, it's going to be difficult. Uh, Claire Lee von Sarkesisono is an NXT veteran who is only led to part of a younger talent in NXT, the Dolph Ziggler of NXT. Now, is that really a bad position, though, that Sarkesisono finds himself in? You know, I'm not saying it's just about money, but he's there, you know. Well, is he this day's Rhino? Because Rhino was down in NXT. I remember him teaming with Corbin ages ago in a Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. He was having matches against the newer talent and eventually putting them over. I think it's a bit like that. I think it's a bit also like uh, with Robbie Brookside or William Regal, someone who's the kind of, you know, backstage who can give you advice. Castano has been doing this for like 20 years now. Like, so it came through with people like Daniel Bryan and, and CM Punk. So he's been there and done that. on. He knows, you know, what's kind of the, the best out there. He's worked with all these guys. Everybody that's come through NXT, like you said, in the past five years or so, has worked with Castano, getting his experience. You know, obviously he's putting them over. But I, I think for him, you know, there's a lot of worse things that he could do right now. And people still know who he is in NXT. And it's a job that he could do for the next few years and still not, not you know, 
not having any trouble with it. I'm not saying that you know he's going to stay there just because like the money's all right, but it must be pretty comfortable at the moment, especially when you know there might be other places to be interesting. Just not only because of his talent, but just because of the amount of experience that he's got and probably what he does backstage as well for the younger guys coming through and going fucking hell, this guy used to wrestle against you know like we said CM Punk, whatever it is, and now well, I'm getting to face him. Well, would you class Cassius Ono as you know, despite not being a champion, but a locker room leader? Yeah. In NXT. Yeah, I, I think he is. And I think he's one of the most underrated guys on the roster. People don't know about him, especially kind of his early work, not stuff he'd done in WWE. Uh, about Cassie Sono, a couple of things. He missed out on the Shield gimmick. As we know, they, they picked Roman Reigns over him. And, it, and when he first debuted, he was known as Cassie. He had the KO. And they were going to go for him as a knockout artist. And the WWE had a problem with kind of his weight and his look. And he kind of went away... Uh, and WWE decided after that, like, we're not going to use him as a kind of main event or even a kind of big mid-card talent. If you are going to be there, you can do your job in NXT. And as we've seen with him, don't get me wrong, I love the Husky wrestlers like Trent Seven, but he's got a kind of... He, I, he should, you know, it, that kind of look's probably not going to be main event in pay-per-views in 2020. You know, I might be wrong about that. But Well, moving on, and Stephen Chung... Says Ricochet is incredible in ring, absolutely incredible. But again, it's the mic skills. I don't know. Does anyone else think it comes off very bland? Well, you're Ricochet's biggest fan. You're wearing a Ricochet t-shirt right now as we talk. I am. I'm no longer confined to my Enzo More no. t-shirt, and I'm free. <laughs> my t-shirts that I've purchased or that you've purchased for exactly. me for Christmas and birthdays. So, so what are your thoughts on it? Again, you know, I completely agree with you. He does things in ring that. You couldn't even think of. But I, I, I'm i not sure, you know, is someone else writing his stuff backstage for him? I think he could work a bit more on his mic work. But, you know, I prefer someone that does their talking in the ring. Yeah, say it, but I think someone like Paul Heyman would be perfect with a ricochet. Because if you're going to go, oh, who's Paul Heyman going to have next? If you have a guy who's like Brock Lesnar or, you know, a big another heavyweight, it's going to be the kind of the same thing. Just imagine if he came out and goes, this guy I've got is the greatest athlete in the world. Like AJ Styles, you think you're good. Brian, you think you're good. This dude can do anything in the world. And he only has to come out and he just get, you know, be the one and only, like put, put his hand up. Doesn't have to say anything. Going, this is what I do. He gets to the ring. Ricochet's ricochet anyway, isn't he? And then build up confidence with Heyman until you finally kind of have the turn because Ricochet works as a face. But like I said, he's not one of these guys that needs to say a lot. I don't want to compare him to Rob Van Dam, but like when RVD came into it, he was kind of so different for everybody else. And people were like, well, all he says is like, yeah, man, and dude. And it's like, yeah, but look at the shit he can do in the ring. I think with Ricochet, he's not done half that yet. I think, But part of the reason he's come here to kind of show everybody he can do it, if you know what I mean. Uh, and, and I think with him... There's an awful lot of potential. I mean, he's he's not great on the mic, but he's he's not too bad, you know. Well, he says what he needs to say, and you know, I think he just gets a better reaction when he's doing what he does in the ring. Yeah, I mean, we love I love those, you know, at the start, and haven't done it recently, but they will do it again. The kind of Superman poses, and you know, the kind of the way he jumps out the ring and just lands. You know, I see that working on the main roster, no matter what his kind of gimmick is as well, you know? Yeah, but, you know, see, teaming him up with a voice or someone like that, I think it would work wonders for Ricochet. Because, you know, he 
can have him not saying much and his hype person putting yeah. him over all the time. You get the thing is, you're backing Ricochet up in if he's just like, all right, he's not saying a lot. Uh, we just back up what he does in ring. Then he's going to be on the top of the list of of workers in WWE as well. You know, you know. I, I would say huge fans of Ricochet on this. Uh, Trey Joan Mabry says, "Can't wait for NXT Takeover Phoenix and Royal Rumble for this weekend." Uh, and yes, like I said, we we can't wait. Like I said, we had the WNR two hundred last night. We've got the Royal Rumble live tomorrow. We're there at ten o'clock to give you the live kickoff, and we've got so much in store with games and uh, anything else like that and uh the royal rumble is a kind of excitement in the air that's not for most weekends dan isn't there you know indeed yes because you know taking nxt out of the equation for the minute the royal rumble is definitely our favorite pay-per-view it's something you know it's always full of surprises you've got some great moments in there you know not necessarily the rumble match itself because some of them fall flat like 99 yeah yeah but you know, it is good seeing surprises, returns, debuting stars, NXT call-ups, 205 Live call-ups. You know, you just get a whole plethora of wrestlers in there and it just goes crazy. And you've got two, two. Royal Rumble matches. Yeah, I mean, two Royal Rumble matches are going to be great. Um, I, I just hope I don't get bored of Rumble matches. I don't want to say it in a horrible way, but maybe in a couple of years' time to have two Rumble matches. You know, like we moan about having too many Chamber and Hell in a Cell matches. Will that take it away? You know, can you be that in, uh, innovative with, you know, two Rumble matches every single year? So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but then again, I love it. But the NXT Phoenix card tonight as well, I love takeovers. Win, lose, or draw prediction-wise. It's kind of enjoyable events because you know you're going to be entertained no matter what. Well, Amy Lucia says, Undisputed Era will be Evolution's successor. Their debut at main roster should be like Nexus's by disabling everyone and destroying everything like Superkick to Michael Cole and Corey Graves. But haven't we seen this before? Haven't we seen... What, what I was thinking, because you know, I saw that comment and I thought, oh, okay, first off, to say that Evolution's successor, what do you mean the building stars for the future? How many future World Heavyweight Champions that are in the Undisputed Era. Don't get me wrong, we like Kyle O'Reilly, and I know you detest Adam Cole, but you probably say he's the only guy that would possibly be on the list of even future Intercontinental Champions, to be fair. Because Roderick Strong's been around for a while now in NXT. Um, we all know about Bobby Fish, and, and of course, you know, Kyle O'Reilly. Is, is there anybody really that's going to break out of there and be like the guy like Randy Orton or Batista was? I'm kind of doing your work for you. I mean, like, well, yeah, you know, um, as you say, I think at the looks of it, it is only going to be Adam Cole that's got the potential to maybe even get anywhere near yeah. a heavyweight championship. With Evolution, I think it was kind of established wrestlers before they got together. You know, you had 16-time Ric Flair. You had, what, 14-time Yeah, well, you eventually got 14 with, you know, uh, Evolution's help. You got 13-time Randy Orton. Yeah, and you got, what, six-time champion Batista. And even six is the same Stone Cold Steve Austin. Maybe if you look at the Shield, but even the Shield has so much more kind of success. It'd be interesting to see. What I wouldn't mind doing, if Ronda Rousey is actually going to go away, throw a spanner into the works, debut the Undisputed Era... But debut them with the kind of four guys as we know, plus Shafir, Duke, and Basler as the seven. Have them run, you know. So you have, you know, when you have like McMahon giving a all the roster out on the the entrance way. Era coming out, men and women destroy the entire roster, and then you can play the Rousey into it. Is she part of a mission or not? When she maybe comes back at SummerSlam, 
Rousey joins the team. There you go. You've got your fucking four women. You've got your four men who could be the top kind of heels play off that. If you want to do it in that way, which would be too different to the Nexus, my only worry, if they come out and beat everybody up and do that and they're wearing the black and yellow, again, there's going to be similarities to it, isn't there? So this is a difficult thing. Yeah, well, the thing is, is you want to come up and you want to be unique. You know, when Nexus done their own thing, they completely destroyed the arena. When the Shield came up, they'd done their own thing again. You know, they was kind of like the Hounds of Justice. And even when the Wyatts came in, you know, they was quite dark, mysterious. And they'd have all the fireflies and they'd come down, you know. So everything they do is different. And you want to kind of be your own stable. You yeah. don't want to kind of run off the back and say, oh, yeah, we're the next Evolution. We're the next NWO. But is that the problem at the moment? There's not enough stables, you know. I know there's the kind of sanity, but what do they do with that? You know, is there not enough teams? Is it like we talk about? Is the amount of talent that's around? Can't you get three, you know, four guys together and actually make a group, and then they can battle? For, at least it's for a reason, you know, for for you know, group supremacy, whatever that is, and it kind of makes sense that way. There's, there's not enough teams, you know. There's too many guys not doing anything. And if you ask people to go up, what teams would they face? Like I said, the Wyatts aren't around anymore. So it would be the New Day, maybe, that they could go against. Or Sanity, who haven't been used kind of correctly. And, you know, then it kind of, you think it might get a little bit um, confusing. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it for shout outs. just like to thank everybody who's uh, obviously uh, emailed in. These past couple of days, like I say, from the WNR 200 and, the, uh, and today's NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Uh, like I said, we've got people uh, kind of messaging, listening all the time. BC Mendoza is listening. So, Sophia Vass on um, Google and, of course, Facebook. You can check the link and listen to us. We'll be live again tomorrow at 10 p.m. But I time to catch up on the latest episode of NXT. We had one episode left before TakeOver Phoenix. And, Dan, we're going to... we're gonna. I think we're fancy watching it. So, when does NXT update start, Dan? Now! So it's episode 488, January 23rd. And the show opens with the intro video. And we see Ricochet walking into the building moments ago. And Velveteen Dream makes his entrance and begins talking, saying he's got a sparkle in his eye or something special in his sights. Correct him if he's wrong, but the dream waits for no man. But if they really knew him, they'd know the sparkle is a sparkle of championship gold. More specifically... The North American Championship. So it's high time for the dream. Shock the sister. Adam Cole, baby. And Bobby Fish make their way out. Cole tells Velvety Dream to pump the brakes because everybody knows that 2019 would be a year of the undisputed era. And they're going to capture not one, not two, but all the gold that NXT has to offer. Riley and Strong are busy getting ready for another Cecil title defence, but they're here without any gold to speak of. He and Bobby don't like showing up empty-handed so very soon they'll have gold around their velveteen can continue to dream on bobby shames dream for getting the people's hopes up and tells him he's got to learn to live in reality because 2019 will continue to be their era and that is undisputed 
Dream says he's okay to dispute that claim, in fact, but only if it's okay with Adam. Oh, and that sends Fish running into the ring, going after the Dream. Dream throws Fish out, and then Adam Cole as well. And then the way the Dream's just scurrying out the ring backwards, and he gets one over on the Undisputed Era, so the Dream looks quite strong there. What are your thoughts on the opening segment? I thought it was good, yeah. It makes uh, Velveteen Dream look good. It's just a typical undeserving era again, waiting until their opponent's back's turned and then trying to attack him from behind. I'm not too keen on the Undisputed Era, so no. I'll just leave it there. And me. I mean, it just shows how great the NXT roster is when you've got people like the Velveteen Dream and the Cole Bobby Fish, and they're not going to be a takeover, so we get to see him here tonight. And Comptry Hypes take over Phoenix, and this takes into a video package for Shania Basler versus Bianca Belair. A recap of Cassius Ono's victory over Keith Lee and the ensuing Matt Riddle running follows, along with the announcement of Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle for TakeOver Phoenix. And now we're getting Danny Burch and Amy Lorca versus Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel. We've seen the well, EU connection in NXT UK, and I've got to say I've been impressed with Eichner and um, Marcel. But, of course... They are going against Lorcan and Birch, who are tag team of the year, Dan. One and two. Yeah, I think they're a great tag team, the Britam connection. You know, you've got the EU connection and the Britam connection. They're yeah. all connecting countries together. Well, I'll tell you something, these two teams could be in NXT, could be in NXT UK, you know, because of the way, like I said, where they're both based. It's only, only Lorcan, that's the only North American. But Eichner just gets a tag in. That's a lovely tilt world backbreaker. Goes for the cover, but only gets showed off at one. One. Now Barthel back in, and they're working away. And already, same trunks coming out to entrance music. They look like a proper tag team at the moment. Two young men. That's why you're looking similar, trying to be a bit Austin-esque. Yeah, well, I'm sure they'll uh, have the logo soon once they, you know, get a few victories under the belt. We've seen them be successful yeah. in the UK. We'll see if they can get a victory over former number one contenders to the titles. But what's more important in this is that all four men look like proper wrestlers. They're wearing, like, you know, trunks, not long trousers, or, you know, they've not got a top on. They've got their trunks, knee pads, high leg boots. Looks absolutely great, you know? Exactly, and they're all short hair as well. You know, all bald, really, apart from Marcel. But Lorcan gets a tag to Birch, and he's cleaning house now, taking out Fabian Eichner. Marcel comes in, gets caught with a step-up in Zaguri. A quite clean-shaven as well, apart from uh, only Lorcan. <laughs> And Birch off the second rope there, taking out Eichner. Now nips up. Lorcan tags himself in. And the next he fans shot one two. But oh, Marcel stopping that. Oh, looking to finish it, but Marcel throws Lorcan into Birch. And the air raid crash there by Barthel. Looks to send Lorcan out, but Lorcan sends him scurrying. And now this is what Lorcan's best at. These uppercuts straight to Eichner. Oh, gets turned inside out by a lariat from Eichner, though. Impressive, and then Marcel back in the apron. Do you think that's what makes a great tag team, though? So, you know, a pairing that has a great segment fighting against each other, and then they team up. We yeah. saw it with uh, The Bar, and now Lorcan and Burt. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And now Eichner's got Lorcan in trouble, goes back to his corner, getting quick tags to Marcel. And we can see a double-team move. Marcel picks up Lorcan, puts him on a top turnbuckle, Tags the night now. And throws into his partner. Oh, like a brain buster suplex. Eichner's suicide dive. I think Danny Birch missed most of that. And Double springboard moonsault to... Oh. oh. But Lorcan managing to kick out. Uh, that was beautiful by Eichner. They're springing off both ropes to hit that moonsault. But credit to Barthel went flying to the outside. 
And now Eitner's looking to pick up Larkin. Got him in a powerbomb. Uppercut, but what a great tag team match this has been. Can Eitner put away only Larkin? Uh-oh, Larkin's got hold of Eitner. <laughs> slapping away. Uppercut off the ropes. <laughs> Suicide dive over the top. Takes out his own partner. And now Burke back to his feet. They've got Marcel, but here comes Eitner. Steps up the, to the top rope and just takes out both Lorcan and Birch. Fabian Eitner, welcome to the show. And he throws Lorcan in. And now here comes Eitner again, springboard. Gets ducked by Lorcan, rolls him up, one, two, three. Oh, gets a victory. Marcel trying to stop the pin, but Birch had hold of him. And Lorcan and Birch, one, two, kind of escape. With a victory, but very well done. And what a great match that was. What are your thoughts on it? Absolutely great match. Yeah, it was a high-intensity match from the get-go. All four men brought it. And, yeah, you know, it is just strength to strength for uh, Lorcan and Birch. Yeah, I mean, and Eichner and Marcel look like stars there. Like I said, with a bit more work, a bit more character development, I think they can go a long way, either it's any or in NXT now, taking uh, Birch and Lorcan to the limit. Well, we get a video package for Alistair Black versus Tommaso Ciampa. And Amber Nova and Tanel Brooks versus Io Shirai and Carvey Sane. So here we go. Io Shirai, my pick for the Mayan Classic made it to the final. Of course, the first, well, the winner of the first, Carvey Sane coming out here. The Pirate Princess has been away due to injury, but now she's back. And she must be a little bit upset that she's not in the contention to face Bazza for the title. When, In my eyes, she got screwed out of it, you know. Well, you may recognise Brooks here as Rebel, formerly of Impact Wrestling fame. Yeah, I, I really think Shai's got a, 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 a bone to pick with Brilliant Regal. And I think NXT, I don't think it, it's fair that the way she got treated in the NXT Championship match against Basler with the interference of uh, Shafir and Jasmine Jute, that she, she wouldn't be able to have a title match right now. And I think that's, that's a real problem. I've got a real problem. I know you haven't got a problem with it. No, I've, I've got a real no. Problem. Well, just catch it on the flip side, right? What do wrestling fans are mainly marks and smart people getting too many opportunities? If they give someone else an opportunity for now, they won't get pissed off with Io Shirai. But you're, you're not excited for Basler versus... No, I'm not excited for it, but, but if it's it something was, different. But if it was Sane involved... Yeah, but it's something different. Yeah, but if it was Sane involved... If it was Sane involved, then it'd be, oh, what? Same old Sane getting fucking rematch after rematch, yeah? And I know you're not happy about it, but what piss... What pissed me off? Seth Rollins getting loads of opportunities. Well, give Io Shirai a chance. And look how great she is in the early going there. Easy with the, the handspring. And then hits the back elbow as well. Put her in it. No, That's no. different, keep isn't it? Them, keep them quiet for now. Give them, you know, a couple of tag matches. I, 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 I'm, some... I'm sick of Basler. I don't, I don't want Basler as women's champion. Sane got screwed out of it. Shirai deserves a chance. Both of these women. I'm sorry. Is that the man around. who thought Shania Basler was the next best thing since last bed when she came in? Before it's, it's, before she needed and help, and then he and then he kind of um, where's Jasmine Duke? Where's Marina Schmidt? Why are they not involved? Sainz just got tagged they've in, beaten them already. Taking Nova out with the net breaker and a big elbow to shot. There's better people who had an opportunity to go against Basler, and, and I think if I'm sane, I'm not happy. She hits the elbow. She's going to go up for the insane elbow. Yeah, but you're not seeing the bigger picture. But gets blocked by Brooks, who gets tagged in. What's the bigger picture then? Not keep giving the same people the same opportunities. They're going to do it anyway. No, it anyway. it's something that they don't do in NXT. Yeah, no. Who was the last contender for the NXT Championship? They, they always Velveteen give... Dream. Yeah, and Velveteen Dream. Who was Dream before that? They're always involved in the same opportunities. Who was before that, 
Gagano. Exactly. And he had three matches with Chumper. Yeah, and... And Ali B matches. was involved. Now Ali B's having a match with Chumper, so that match, kind of, it's all kind of been involved by the Ali same Have seen Ali B versus thing. Chumper? The storyline should have make sense. Have you seen Ali B versus Chumper? We haven't seen one-on-one match. No, exactly. Actually, we have on NXT. Yeah. That was there last year. Not on a takeover event. Exactly. But it's all about the story being involved in the same thing. it's not the same fucking match each and every time. But what I'm saying is that the storyline should be involved in the fact that it should still make sense. You shouldn't just bring an outside force like Bianca Belair just because you need to. No, right. It can't be saying got screwed out of the NXT Women's Championship. took her jukes and lost. No, she didn't take a juke because it's outside interference. The referee, uh, Rooney Regal, should have done something about that. Yes, but Kari Sane has clearly got on over it. You need to as well. Kari Sane hasn't got over it. That's the point I was making, the fact that she must be upset and maybe that's why they've been so dominant in this match. In fact, Kari Sane knows that she deserves to be at NXT TakeOver for the Women's Championship rather yes, than going against Tanel Brooks but she's and Amber But she's that she lost, right? Whether you like to admit it or not, whether she got screwed or not, she lost. Yeah, and the other point, if you do want to get something different, put Io Shai in a match instead of Bianca Belair. There you go, job no, done. No, because they're not really something different, are they? And I'm not oh, because oh, you're racist. There we go, because no. Dan's a racist. He can't have two Japanese women being a different, because for him, it's too similar. So there we go. By the way, Io Shai and Akari Sane win the match very dominantly. Like you said, both of these women should be at takeover involved in women's no, match. No, not like I said. <laughs> I never said <laughs> like, it. Like, like you, you said. Like you should have said. Like you no, should have said. No. Kari because Sane, you're not seeing my <laughs> All right, then. Well, give the gobbledygooker an NXT title match, then, because at least it's someone different, then, isn't it? Give the boogeyman no. a chance at North American Championship. As, as shit as she may be. No, no, just give anybody a chance. Brooklyn Brawler, give him a WWE title opportunity against Daniel Bryan, because, you know, that doesn't happen that often, then. You've got to have a reason for change. You can't just be... You've got to have a reason. Change. What? Being undefeated. Beating Nikki Cross. Yeah, she may be shit. Beating Nikki Cross. But she's... Being undefeated, she's got a reason to be in the NXT Women's Championship picture. Whether you like it or not, it's true. They should have made it a fatal four-way match and had Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane involved if they were going to make it. Because it, it would have been interesting. They're the most, they're no, because you want them. Okay, who's the number one babyface then, woman in on NXT now? Who's the one well, and two? One? Who's one and two and three now? If you look at the NXT Women's Division, who have we got? We've got Kari Sane, number one, Io Shirai, number two. It's Hills, you've got Basler, and then probably Bianca Belair, because she is a heel as well. So you need your faces to go against your heels, which makes sense. No, because you're, <laughs> you're, talk, you're thinking in WWE terms. This is In NXT terms as well, you get the heels going against the faces. Not necessarily. You, have, you do, because Gagano's a heel now. He's second in behind Champa. Alistair Black's a face. Behind him is Ricochet, and that's why these two they are going against each other in their matches. Uh, I, I, but what I will say right now, maybe we should just take a break for NXT because obviously tensions are running high and try to and diffuse it by... Let's play a game, Dan, shall we? Uh, let's play Basler or Dunn. Now, this is a very special game. I have five pictures to show Dan. And, uh, well, he always said that Basler looked like Dunn and Dunn looked like Basler. So uh, what I've done is I kind of put either of their faces on another person's body. You've got to tell me if it's Basler or done. So I'm going to show you the first one. If you can explain the picture to everybody, what it is, and then it is. So well, up first, Dan, what have we got? Well, it's uh, um, a nice female figure wearing a beautiful purple dress. And that looks like Shayna Baszler with oh, a nice body. Shayna Baszler. No, it's in fact, if you look closer at the face, it's Pete Dunn. Oh. Pete Dunn's first one. So you got to have a look. Right, up next, is it Baszler or Dunn? <laughs> what have we got? Well, there's a bit of a beer belly, and there are visual breasts. So I'm going to go 
Shane Baszler. Yeah, it is Shane Baszler. You are right. So, how you go? One, one for one out of uh, two. Up next, over the Christmas period, this person was busy taking some pictures. Oh, here we go. Again, another gorgeous figure in a beautiful red Christmas-style dress. But on closer inspection, it is Pete Dunn. It is Pete Dunn. Two for one, Dan. Well done. So, right, that's three. So, fourth one coming up now. Is it Basler or is it Dunn? Well, the build and the muscles... I don't think Pete Dunn's that well ripped, so it's got to be Shania Basler. It is Shania Basler. So is well, that on um, Conan's body? That is on Conan the Barbarian's not body. K-Dog, Conan. No, no, not Conan. And up next, the last one. Right, see if you can get four out of five. Is it Basler or Dunn? That is Shania Basler. <laughs> yeah, I think that is the greatest one of all time. We will tweet all these pictures. Uh, no, that's Pete Dunn, unfortunately, there. Uh, with his hair done up. Uh, we had them ready for NXT Blackpool, but we ran out of time. We're trying not to run out of time here tonight, Lunch like we did yesterday. We're hoping to go for another hour. Takeover begins at midnight, our time, and we cannot wait for it. We're going to run through the card in a little bit and, of course, give you the second clip of NXT. But up first, well, Dan, is it? should we masturbate? I think it's a good time to have a masturbate. I think it's a great time to have a masturbate. So let's have a masturbate. So basically, it's three subjects. Uh, uh, and each one is a kind of two-choice one. You have to pick one and argue that case. You know, to basically, who, who would you pick? Who would you, not take to Treasure Island, but who would you keep? If the apocalypse was coming, you only had one, grab one inside. Who would you choose? But you have to choose at least one of these people. Uh, up first, it's, this is going to be quite a difficult one. Well, they're all quite difficult for you, Dan, at the moment. Uh, but we'll start off with, would you rather Cole or Matt Riddle? So out of the two, which one would you rather keep? I'd face the apocalypse alone, but as soon as I have to choose one, I think I would go for Adam Cole. Adam Cole. So why would you go Adam Cole in an apocalypse? Well, I think, you know, despite all the outside interference, we have seen a couple of good matches that Adam Cole has been involved in. Um, you know, outside interference, if he was on his own, would he be a bit too bland? You know, would we not be talking about him? He certainly is, in my opinion, more over with the fans than Matt Riddle. Yeah. And I think he's got a lot more talent in the ring as well. But I think when you look at potential... You look at Matt Riddle because he comes in, he was an MMA, you know, he's still a young guy. He's been training up and you can see the kind of potential and the look. Yes, he needs, might have needs a character overhaul and a bit of a change. I, I think there's a lot more upside with him. And I think the crowd reaction has been positive so far. And I think he's probably going to have more success on the main roster than someone like Adam Cole. You know, I think with Matt Riddle, it's built in there, especially the MMA thing. You can pair him off maybe to a Brock Lesnar the main roster with Adam Cole, would that be believable, you know? I don't think it would. You know, you look at Brock Lesnar, I think he's he's got more chance of beating Matt Riddle, in my opinion, than he has with Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. Because, you know, nine times out of ten, the Undeserving Era are going to get involved. They are going to cost the match for the opponent. You know, all it takes is one of them to jump up on the side, get a huge clothesline from Brock Lesnar or an F5 and that gives the opponent a chance to get in it where Matt Riddell is going to try and use it on like his bro strength alone. I know he'll have probably a more competitive match but 
you know, seeing two UFC style guys going against each other, I think it's kind of you know too much UFC style or uh, MMA style. Yeah, I, I think you 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 might be right with that, but I agree with you that Adam Cole's a fantastic talent and has done great in ring stuff with NXT. You you have said that. I now. didn't say fantastic talent. I said he's had some good matches. Yeah, granted, a majority of them are multi-person matches, but you know, to take one example, the match he had against Ricochet was very good. Yeah, without a doubt, and I, I would uh, agree with you there. Uh, but still, you know, I think it'd be interesting what he do. But I think you get the the point in in that master bay. I think Adam Cole at this moment in time is uh, is kind of better than Matt Riddle. Uh, next one, Dan. Ricochet or Alistair Black. Now, because I like both of these, you're going to have to choose one, and I'll go with the other one. Okay, I will pick Alistair Black as the best. And, and I tell you, this is, might get quite involved. The first one we didn't really fight for, but I'm going to go Eddie B as a guy who's going to have more. Uh, he's worth more than Ricochet. Now, do you want me to start my argument why? Start your argument why. Now, first off, Alistair Black is a main event talent. Now, the gimmick and everything that's set out from NXT works perfectly. And as uh, you know, we got a shout out earlier about him being like the Undertaker. There's a kind of mystique about him and a kind of coolness, and the fans are behind him and everything that he does that we haven't seen in a long time. Everything he does is believable. Every match and feud that he's had has been brilliant on NXT. Since I mean, how many superstars come in and kind of get lost in a shuffle like we talk about? Alistair Black, since he's debuted, since his very first takeover match, has been involved in every major storyline. Major storyline. Going in kind of NXT, when you think about the NXT Championship online, his feud last year with the Undisputed Era, and Adam Cole was the forefront of it, being attacked by Gagano, and now back in, he's back in the title picture, and people have not really questioned it that much. You know, because it is Alistair Black and kind of what he gives. And I feel with WWE, if he goes up to... Kind of Smackdown, that will work perfectly for him. He's like he said, a man of few words. And I, I feel with Smackdown, if you want to give him like an Intercontinental Championship run or a uh, US title run, that would work. And even, you know, being a guy, because the fans are definitely going to get behind him. He's going to be one of those guys the fans really love. And I feel in a, in a Raw Rumble, so like, even the Money in the Bank would be perfect. Because the Black Mask kick as well is a move that could be used to hit on anybody at any time. And you kind of get the job done, you know. And I think that can get over, I think, the way he is as well. I think it's perfect. Go on then. Well, Ricochet, where do I start with Ricochet? I mean, he has, since debuting, he has been involved in, you know, arguably some of the best matches in NXT that we've seen. You know, the things he does in the ring are extraordinary. You talk about Rey Mysterio and his resurgence since, you know, coming back to WWE and the great matches he's had against Andrade Almas. I think that Ricochet takes it to the next plateau. He takes it a step up. You know, the things he does are gravity defying. He can move about a lot better than the likes of Sin Cara, uh, Kalisto, for example. You know, you put him in a ladder match and you watch him do like a 1850 off the top of that ladder and, you know, your jaw's going to hit the floor. Uh, whether he can reach the main event, you know, it's... I'm not 100% sure that he could, but I think, you know, if he, if the likes of Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, you know, a couple of smaller guys can get to the top, then, you know, I've no doubt that Ricochet should deserve to be up there as well. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you said about Ricochet being amazing in the ring, which he is, but is there anything we've really seen in NXT 
that he can do that Alistair Black can't. When you look about the quality of storylines that Alistair Black's doing, even the ropes and the kind of high risk, I mean, he sits where he wants as well. That's another cool maneuver, you know. And it, it's kind of like I, I think he can match Ricochet in that department if you look at the kind of matches that he can have with different people. I mean, he had a good match with Lars Sullivan for fuck's sake, you know. And I think that's going to be vital in the main roster. Is can he be believable? Going, we mentioned Brock Lesnar as a kind of guy and people might hate it but he's the guy WWE look at and go that's our champion who's going to be go- good going up against him now Ricochet but that I don't know you know it's going to be difficult to sell whereas Alistair Black going against him the colour coming out the smoke and the fog and, and facing off Black Mass kick to Lesnar now I'm in you know what I mean and uh, and, I, and I think that's why I don't get me wrong I love Ricochet but I think just with uh, with how WWE will look at him, just how just kind of the, the normal people look at him. Ricochet is in serious trouble. If he goes to the main roster and it doesn't work out for him, he could be in 205 Live before too long, just entered as a cruiserweight. And he's better than that. You know, whereas I think in WWE, Alistair Black, there's no chance for that's going to happen. I don't think even if they, you know, is he going to be a type of guy that's going to be on the main event? No, because there's something special about him. You know, he's got the kind of Nakamura feel, whereas Ricochet... I, I don't know what could happen, but, you know, it might be the, the Evan Bourne. And that might be great for people who liked Evan Bourne, but it's not kind of what Alistair Black and I think it, he could be, you know? I think I'll have to succeed that point too, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it, you've, you made me kind of switch on to Alistair Black. Cause when he first debuted, I wasn't you know, sure about whether it was. But obviously, you know, that kind of character. But with Ricochet, it, it's perfect as well. And I would love to see those two kind of mix it up before, you know, either of them was to move up kind to the main roster. Uh, it's a difficult choice. You know, like you said, if you had to pick, you'd get rid of Cole and Riddle and keep Ricochet and Black, you know. Yeah, be in an that. ideal world. All right, so the last one then, so it's one each. And this one's going to be very difficult as well. But, Dan, I'll let you, you pick a side first and foremost. Well, what are my choices? Is <laughs> Champa or Gagano? I would have to say... Tommaso Ciampa. Perfect. Because I was, I was thinking that was going to be difficult. I go Gagano. Well, seeing as I just spoke so passionately, I'll let you start off with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Well, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, he's made no secret about the demons he's had before and how he's overcome his, you know, personal problems. Come back and, you know, you, you, see, you see them in a tag team together. DIY, first seeing them. You look at them both and you think, well, you know, they're just going to be a tag team I doubt they'll break up, you know, after a few years' time. And, you know, they just probably drift out. They, you know, they go the Ascension route. But since then, he went out injured. he come back and he's taken Johnny Gagano to the limit, if not beaten him. You know, for example, the stand, last man standing match. Absolutely great match. He's come in and his character portrayal well, you know, how... When he's talking, he just stares at his belt and, you know, refers to it as Big Goldie. Just the way he is, the way he's been manipulating everyone around him. You know, he could have had a match, but no, he chose to put Gagano and Black in a cage. You know, he suggested it to him and they just kind of drunk it in and was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And he's just been at the sidelines. You know, he's not been playing. He has, well, he's sort of been playing the cowardly hill, but he's been playing it really well and he's been backing it up in the ring as well. You know, having amazing matches, Velveteen Dream. Uh, Johnny Gagano, and he's he's just been tearing it down mm. absolutely brilliantly. And I completely agree, but the problem is with that is that if Big Chumper can do, Gagano can do, 
if not better, then exactly the same. You look at where the story was on 205 Live, uh, sorry, the CWC and how that went about with DIY and the turn. And don't get me wrong, Chump has been a fantastic NXT champion. When not, not, not a lot of people thought he could carry the company, he's been brilliant. That, that match with Dream at a takeover was phenomenal. But the problem was is that the, 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 the Gagano match against Black was probably better than that, you know? And, and, and that's the thing. Gagano's been having a fantastic match. I cannot wait until the match against Ricochet. Match against Alistair Black, what he's been doing with Ciampa. Um, my only thing is, is that Ciampa has been fantastic puppet master, fantastic as a heel. But as a babyface, is he that great? You know, if, if, if Ciampa was to turn face again, would he be able to get the fans behind him like he can as a heel? I'm not sure. You asked that same question with Gagano. How loved was he when he first feud with Chum, You know, when the first turn in the Chumper feud. You know, Chumper was the most hated man. Gagano was kind of cheered. He could do no wrong. And then we've seen this kind of, thanks to Chumper's manipulation, kind of like a spell under him. Gagano has turned into the guy that we don't like. And he wants to win championships. And he's listening to Chumper now. He's attacking, you know, um, wrestlers under like Chumper's command. He's teaming up with him. And the fans have turned against him. Uh, but the thing is, is that all Chump, uh, all Gagano has to do is kind of one thing. And I will reference here Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Thank you very much. Because in the film, Indiana Jones is under this kind of spell given to him. And he's been a right prick to Short Round. A Short Round burns him. And Indiana Jones grabs his old Short Round. And he goes, I'm okay, kid. And just winks at him. All right? Imagine if Gagano turns around after all this when he's got Chumper at his weakest and super kicks him and says, I was playing you all along. The fans would be like, yes, it was Gagano all along. And the kind of love and the kind of number one face, you know, he would become yet again Gagano and being that guy over Chumper. Or if in that doesn't happen, keep him as Hill. And Gagano is playing that kind of psycho Hill as well as Chumper is right now as well. And that's why I think I'll pick Gagano over Chumper. But what do you do with... Gagano when he wins a title. Gagano is always best when he's chasing when it's just out of his grasp. You give him a title, what's he gonna do? He's there's not a lot further he can go with it. He's kind of stuck with a title, he's probably gonna lose it a couple of weeks later or the following month, and you know, it wouldn't mean as much. But with, you know, Chomper as champion, he's the way he's been pulling strings, ducking, dodging, mm. avoiding challenges and yeah, yeah i know pushing it to the yeah, back. yeah i know you, 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 okay it's kind of similar as well in that way the main roster to kind of kevin owens and Sami Zayn because they were kind of friendship was so close and so tied together but because owens is a hill kind of he could do a lot more and kind of feud with a lot more people and i think with champa like i said he's a little bit bigger than gagano as well with, with nxt you know i think the story will culminate if gagano does win like you said it probably won't be a long reign and then it'll be moved up, and then the Chumper Gagano thing will probably uh, start again as well. And with Chumper, he could go about his business. You could bring the Gagano feud in. I think at the moment Gagano is kind of maybe too focused on Chumper, and that you talk about you know being focused on someone. I think it is down to Chumper that Gagano is focused on him. Whereas Chumper can go around and have matches with the Dream and have matches with Black, and he's still got feuds. But for Gagano, that's kind of his number one guy. Even though Gagano's with Ricochet at the moment having a match. His number one priority is still chump on his mind. You can see that by the fixation. I hate to say it, but I think it might just beat out Gagano. So I didn't think it was actually going to happen. I think Gagano's a better worker than Chumper. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I just think, like you said, with the overall kind of package, I think at the moment Chumper's exceeded expectations. Even the kind of injury that he had, it's kind of not taken him out in that way either, you know. 
All right, Dan. So you win the the maths debate two to one. I mean, I'm quite impressed with that. Uh, we're going to run through the card in a little bit, but I think right now, as the kickoff on WWE Network starts, we'll catch up on our second part of NXT. And uh, Dan, I mean, just one question: When are we watching that second part? Now. Well, we get backstage promo from Shy and Sane when they talk about how unstoppable they are until Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafil roll up. Oh, finally, you don't want to come out and welcome Kari back from her adventures and pledge to send her out to sea. I can't wait until Shafir and Duke get their comeuppance. And our next match is Bobby Fish versus Velveteen Dream. So Bobby Fish in singles action. And I don't know if he's actually been in singles action since he came back from his injury. He's involved in war games. But if you were going to pick a, a single member of Undisputed Era to kind of have the role Fish is having, I, I wouldn't pick Bobby. I mean, maybe Kyle Riley, he's been impressing us recently. Even Roger Strong's a better singles guy. And Adam Colts. Just I think it's because of the injury. He's not involved in the tag team, isn't it? You know? Well, if you listen, Velveteen Dream specifically chose Bobby Fish for the match. Yeah, I, I feel uh, with Bobby Fish, he was unfortunate with the injury because him and Kyle Riley did come in, like you said, well, they came in a single first, challenging Alistair Black back then becoming a tag team and going forward. And Fish, of course, the torn ACL's been out for a few months and Roderick Strong had to come in as part of the Undisputed Era as the tag team. And they've worked well together, Riley uh, Riley and Strong have recently. And Fish has come back into the fold and he's found himself in probably a better position than he would have been. He would have been in tag teams. He would have been doing, you know, teaming up with Riley going against the War Raiders and missed spot maybe for Adam Cole or someone else. You know, you don't know if Roderick Strong would have ever joined the Undisputed Era. They've done well for what it is, but now they've got to deal with a foursome. Will they find gold in 20... Like you said earlier, Velveteen Dream pointing out and maybe putting dissension within the Undisputed Era for the first time in NXT, saying, Adam Cole's your leader. You can see the reaction for Fish. He's saying, no, I, you know, Cole's not the leader. We're kind of undisputed in our own way. Is the Undisputed Era about Adam Cole or is Adam Cole about the Undisputed Era? The, Adam, the Undisputed Era is about Adam Cole. Because if you hear his statement, they're going to be going for all three championships. Right? So who, out of the Undisputed Era, who do you think is going to get the NXT championship? Is it going to be Kyle O'Reilly? Is it going to be Roderick Strong? Is it going to be Bobby Fish? Or is it going to be Adam Cole? Well, there's a chance it could be Adam Cole or Fish, depending how well you know Bobby sees his opportunity. If he, he's great in singles, actually, you would think it would be... For Adam Cole, and if you look at the past exactly. year, you so, look at the past year know, in NXT, would see Adam Cole as the leader. Yeah, but I think soon enough, if you look, you know, you look at how much help Undisputed has given Adam Cole in single matches, he's not been that successful really in one-on-one matches. Plus, would they just get bored? Will we maybe see an Undisputed Era with Adam Cole out of it if he's not, if he doesn't, you know, do what he says? If Undisputed if he doesn't get NXT gold. Will then they think, well, enough's enough. We've got our gold. If Fish was to win the North American Championship, would Cole then be the odd man out? You know, I think this is interesting that they're kind of bringing into it now. It's not just kind of, we're hoping it's not the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but every as now. much as I hate to say it, but he kind of, gets yeah. the biggest response. Yeah, and they might use that to turn him proper face in NXT before building them up. Turn Adam Cole face. Yeah. Would the Undisputed turn on him and then he comes back as kind of, you know, more ass kicker type I think he's better as a heel you know but he has done the face before the independence 
But we're talking about this match. It's been a good one so far. A bit of filling out process between Fish and Velveteen Dream. And Dream's got a very particular style. You know, we talk about kind of NXT type. It's not the traditional NXT type you would see. It's more kind of main roster, but he makes it work. He's had some, well, you just list the great matches that he's had you know, against Ali B, against Champa, against, you know, Gagano, just throughout. Against Ricochet. Ricochet. Just great matches from Dream, and he can, he can definitely sell it in the ring as well and definitely tell a story. And that story at the moment is that the Dream's hurt his leg on the outside. Thanks to Adam Cole's distraction. And that was definitely something last year we got bored with, with the amount of... And, and this is why I got so annoyed with the women's division doing exactly the same thing again. Having outside interference. But it just doesn't need to be. We've seen what happens in NXT UK when you can use it correctly, you know? Yeah, it builds characters up. You know, again, with Adam Cole and Bobby Fish, you see them, they can't win a match unless someone helps them yeah. win it. And it puts a downer on their technical abilities. Do you think it's uh, something different that, you know, you've got the likes of... Just out here, Adam Cole hasn't got a match later on at the main show. Velveteen Dream hasn't. Or, you know, do you think it's good that NXT changed things up? Uh, I don't have the same people representing in takeovers. Uh, I think the the roster is strong at the moment. But if you look at the core group, it's, it's been the same guys now, the same maybe 10 for the past two or three years. And, and I think that's helped the product rather than hinder it, you know, as to freshen up a new face. The women's division has completely changed, and the tag team has, but I think with the main event, it's been Chumper Gagano now for the past few years. The Unsputed Era has been around, what, four years? Dream's been around a couple of years now. People are saying when he's going to get his call up. And it's the same with Alistair Black as well, being around, what, two, three years, and they've kind of all been involved together. And you wouldn't be surprised if you would involved in Chumper or Gagano, Ricochet Feud, because he's had feud with them, you know. This time last year, he was facing losing to Alistair Black in an Extreme Rules match, you know. And we know how he lost the championship to Ricochet as well. So there's history with him there. And if he wants to go for the NXT Championship and Champa is champion, then that's going to be right down his alley. Whereas Bobby Fish likes that or not, there's another thing coming. The Dream trying to fight off Bobby at the moment. Big knee to the face. And another one. Now he's on the top turnbuckle. And a drop kick right to the face. Goes for the cover, but Fish managing to kick out. Uh. And now the Dream with Punch in the corner just taking Fish down. Oh, but Bobby just kicks out his leg from under him. Uh. Now running the ropes, but Dream catches him in a spine buster. Now he's looking to go up maybe for that purple Rainmaker. One leg and all. Oh, oh. Hits it, but Fish rolls him through. He's got that leg on the heel hook. Or a knee bar. Well, the knee bar's in and the Dream struggling to get to that bottom rope. And Velveteen can seriously tap here. He's in trouble. He's punching him out in frustration. And Fish, with the bad leg, kind of might have learnt a lot more about what injuries hurt the most in a leg and target out on the Dream. And then right in front of Adam Cole, Dream's reached for the ropes and Cole pulling the rope away. Referee can't see it. Oh, now he does. The referee having word Adam Cole. Bobby saying, no, come on, leave him alone. The referee's going to say, you. No, Dream rolls up. Bobby, one, two. two. Oh. Rolls in through, picks him up in a fireman carry. Looking for that Dream Valley driver. No, fish with the backslide. Oh, the leg's just too injured and Bobby going for it again. But Dream throws fish into Adam Cole. Bobby back in the ring. Dream picks him up. Dream Valley driver. 
up top. Now uh, one leg in basically a handicap match. The dream off the top. Hits that elbow. Purple Rainmaker goes for the one, cover. Two, three. And the Velveteen Dream picks up a huge victory here tonight. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? It was good. Um, I think it's kind of put well put Velveteen Dream back up on uh, you know going up towards American Championship or NXT Championship or maybe to the main roster if that's his uh, ambition. Still makes um, the undeserving era look a bit weak again, though. You know, because even despite having help from the outside, he still didn't win. Yeah, and, and all this the kind of bold calls that they're making and all these, you know, predictions makes them look fucking stupid when they can't back up and they lose the next match, especially when it's two on one, especially when the dream has kind of been worked on. But it gets Velveteen Dream over, and like you said, whether it's this to keep him happy in NXT or whether it is to, to move him up to the main roster. Uh, we shall see. We see Johnny Gagano enter the building and we take a break. Commentary hypes up Forgotten Sons versus Street Profits and Sane and Shirai versus Jeff for next week. And Ricochet makes his entrance and gets on the mic and says, two weeks ago, Johnny Gagano came out here and talked about being better, but not five minutes later, we blindsided him with a super kick. The way he sees it, 2019 Gagano is the same as 2018 Gagano. And the only thing he did in 2018 was show the world his true colours, that he only cares about his own miserable self. But in 2018, Ricochet showed his own true colours when he won the NXT North American Championship and showed the NXT Universe that he's something Johnny is not, a champion. Johnny comes out and says he knows what he's trying to do and if this was 2018, he'd rush the ring like a madman. But in 2019, Johnny Gagano always has a plan. Oh my God, so Gagano's going right after Ricochet. And Ricochet blocking it. Gagano goes for that super kick. But Ricochet blocked, hit the bicycle kick. Oh my God. Tommaso Ciampa from behind, blindsiding Ricochet. The NXT champion is out here. And a huge DIY chart. He's staring at Gagano, say it ain't so. Oh, the black heart staring at Johnny Wrestling. They're going to team up again for old time's sake, like they did on Ali B. Well, Gagano's beating down Ricochet. As, again, Chumper is the puppet master in all this. Pulling the strings here. Watch Gagano, who's completely changed. Attacking Ricochet. But Ali B comes from behind. Throws Chumper into the corner. Oh, it's all going on. Gagano sends Ricochet into the steel stairs. But Alistair Black is kicking the shit out of Chumper. And what's Gagano going to do? He's taking care of Ricochet. Oh, no. <laughs> Attacks Ali B from behind. Oh, my God. Gagano, no. Super kick to Black. Oh, Alistair Black beat Gagano at the last takeover. And I don't think Gagano's forgotten that. And with all the history here with DIY, Gagano's got a mad look in his eyes. Chumper just walks by Gagano, beats up Ali B, Ricochet back in the ring. But he gets cut off immediately by Johnny Gargano. Gagano spins in, DDT's Ricochet. Like a tiger bomb there, Chumper on black. And DIY looking down, is this going to be the scene at TakeOver with Chumper Gagano? Well, they don't really acknowledge each other, they just... Uh... Gagano picks up his, uh, Chomper picks up his strap and leaves and Gagano gets out the other side of the ring. Now both men have uh, (laughs) 
definitely sent a message. Can Gagano leave with gold at TakeOver? Guys seem to be closer than ever. Who the thing with Johnny Gagano? You don't know if he's going to hug him or beat him up. Oh, he's about to shake hands with Champa. And Candice LeRae's out here, Gagano's wife. <laughs> She's like, you shit. Over the past couple of years. Which is Johnny Gagano just transfixed there on what could have been and... Did Candice LeRae snap him out I of the think, chance? I think he did. You know, we talk about the ultimate puppet master, Champa. Seems to have this kind of control over Gagano. We're not seeing even his wife. It's difficult saving him. What do you think of the closing segment there on NXT? I thought it was good. It's built up the two main matches for NXT TakeOver. Um, you know, we teams the week before and the women the week before as well. So, yeah, you know, it is a good bit of building up. And again, it leaves a lot of anticipating. Is one going to help the other in their significant matches? Well, it's an interesting thing. Will we see a DIY reunion at TakeOver? And we now know what we're getting after TakeOver with Shy and... Sane versus Duke and Shafir and also you know we talk about the tag team division I think needs a little bit of work on NXT at the moment but I think it's still quite exciting times and with a split between Undisputed Era you know maybe NXT will go in a new direction of starting the 2019 and also starting uh, 2019 we've uh, got obviously the first NXT takeover but look back at the uh, year end awards for NXT 2018 and the kickoff started Dan what are your notes so far on the kickoff. Uh, well, we've got Charlie Caruso, Sam Roberts, and Pat McAfee of the panel. As you know, you mentioned that McAfee signed a deal with NXT. He's going to be talking about the matches. Uh, they've just been running through the card. Ricochet's turned up with his gorgeous title belt in a lovely suit, and we've got Sarah Schreiber. She's announced like you know they're going to be giving out the NXT awards. And the first one goes to Ricochet, and he is the breakout star of 2018. Wow. So, are you happy with that award being given out? I am very happy, yes. He certainly has had a great 2018. Without a shadow of doubt, and we'll keep you updated with what's going on on the network so you can still listen to us, because we're just about to run through the card, and we talk about an in-depth analysis to the event that starts in just about 45 minutes' time. We cannot wait. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Matt Riddle versus Cassie Sono. A match maybe that you're not looking forward to uh, that much, uh, but I am, uh, just because of the kind of styles that we're going to see. Uh, Matt Riddle, as we know, is MMA. And you, kind of, we, you know, the kind of kicks and the chops and quite aggressive way. I like the submissions and, and that kind of stuff as well. A bit like Kyle O'Reilly, but we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, and I think Ono can bring that as well. I think it's going to be a really hard-hitting affair, kind of really stiff shots, submission attempts, uh, and I think we're going to see a lot of things because Cassiano is, like we said, carrying a lot of uh, timber at the moment. It's going to be difficult for Riddle to try and take down and try and get onto the mat and hit, get that bro mission in. So I think we can see a lot of strikes and a lot of kind of hard-hitting affair. Cassiano can bring it. Just because he's a veteran of NXT, like we talk about, it does put people over. doesn't mean that he's here to take over here tonight to put people over. Now, remember Velveteen Dream? You know, he was there losing takeover after takeover. I think until he faced EC3 at a takeover event and beat him. And ever since then, he's kind of blossom into the kind of breakout star of NXT as it were where and I think Cassiano tonight he could upset the odds a, a defeat for Riddle might help Riddle out with the fans getting behind him a little bit more because he does show that kind of cocky arrogant side that's not helping him out Dan is it yes yeah, so he beat Keith Lee you know the referee's back was turned low blow uh rolling elbow and that was it for Keith Lee and you know everyone 
thought he could have been some hot shit on the cards. Uh, that is what I'd like to see anyway. I hope that Cassie Sano lasts a lot longer than their previous takeover yes. match of about, what, six seconds? Yeah, six seconds, yeah. Um, but, uh, but do you think the Riddle Cats is not going to help him out with the fans after a while because he is a bit too cocky, you know? I, I think it is, it's going to grow a bit stale, you know, with these three-letter, one-word chants, you know, bro, yes. It, 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 I, th- I think it's it's going to get old. It's going to get boring. Um, oh, I, 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 I'm not too sure on what Vince McMahon is going to think of, you know, a public stoner. Yeah. Because well, you saw yeah. what happened with Rob Van Dam. Yeah, well, that's true, you know. I mean, he probably will give you give him a chance. On NXT, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I think Riddle, we talked about kind of making calls. I think Riddle will be challenging for the NXT Championship before the end of the year. And I'm not saying it just to annoy you, Dan. I just think that's what they're going to do in NXT. I think we see a lot of changes throughout the NXT now. Uh, and we see for this card at the moment, this might be kind of one of the last ones. We've got to keep this card close to us because this might be one of the last few ones where we have talents like Ricochet, Black, Gagano, Champa, all, you know, kind of taking place. Uh, and we've got Riddle and Ono, you know, Riddle's there to kind of take on the mantra of people like CN who have been there in the past, of course, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Roode and, you know, and, and things like this as well, you know. And um, we talk about those type of matches, can Riddle and Ono deliver a, a, a classic? And maybe not, you know, but I think it's going to be hard hit fair. If it starts off, at least the crowd are going to be hot for it. And uh, I think Riddle will probably go over in this one. But I think Ono's going to show that he's here to play in that way, you know. Anything else about Gaga- uh, Anything about Riddle or Ono? Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so up next is the um, tag team titles. It's the Unspeaked Era versus the Raw Raiders. Now, are you actually looking forward to this match? I am in some respects because, you know, War Raiders, they've they've got a bit of retribution they want to get back on Undisputed Era. Uh, and, you know, arguably the two most secure workers in Undisputed Era as well with the titles Strong and Carl O'Reilly. Yeah. And, and this is the thing. They've kind of been the gel that's held the NXT Tag Team Division and uh, Undisputed Era, you kind of together recently. Uh, obviously, with Fish is injury and not being around, Strong's taken his place, and they've not missed a beat. And they've worked such, you know, been such a great tag team. You know, they used to you know, wars with Authors of Pain. That's how long they kind of have been around now in this. We saw obviously against uh, Danny Birch and only Lorcan, but of course, you know, tonight it's uh, to bring it with the War Raiders. Uh, is there anybody else in the tag team division? that could be in this position here. And you'd probably say no, you know, with Hanson and Rowe, you know, tonight they've got a huge chance to make a statement. But you feel this feud is kind of only really getting started, even though they've been feuding long before war games. Uh, I think tonight, this is not going to be the end of it again. I think we will continue. And I feel the Unsputed Era, carrying gold throughout 2019, a vital point of that is going to be strong and O'Reilly, unless they decide to think, right, we want to take either O'Reilly and Strong out and put Fish back in the tag team and have one of them goes for the single championship. At the Undisputed Era, I know you don't like talking about it, but if you had to pick the four to go for the North American NXT in the tag, who, which four and what kind of position would you pick? Um, my personal preference was I'd have Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT, Adam Cole teaming with Bobby Fish for the <coughs> tag teams, and Roderick Strong with the North American. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, Roderick Strong can go in singles competition. I think that'd be a great thing. I think for me, it would be uh, obviously Adam Cole, NXT, uh, Kyle Riley, North American, and then Fish and Strong as a tag to see that work. But I think O'Reilly and Strong have worked so well, it would be a shame to kind of uh, split them up at this moment in time. But I think they're vital for the Undisputed Era. And I think if they lose the tag team titles, I think the Undisputed Era have no power then. You know, and then the the whole thing of what they were saying about we're going to take over NXT and run with our championships, you know, it, it's kind of like a mistake Adam Cole's been saying. Unless they're going that way with them evaluating Adam Cole, if they do lose, no, if they have no championships, and they, they know, they're not in any more number one contender matches, are they, at the moment? So it's going to be a difficult time for the Undisputed Era. And that's why I think tonight they need to put the performance against the War Raiders. Will we see Adam Cole? Will we see Bobby Fish? I mean, we don't know. Have War Raiders got any tricks up the sleeve? The thing is, a couple of weeks ago, the War Raiders on NXT took out Undisputed Era, and, and that was two on four. So even if the numbers might be against them, they still might better have the edge tonight. Dan, what do you think this how is going to go tonight? Uh, I, I don't know, because if Adam Cole and Bobby Fish do make an appearance tonight, you can... See things swayed, swaying in the undeserving era. In the undeserving like way, but if you want to put, if you want to put them over as a strong tag team, you'd have them defending their title successfully with no outside interference. Uh, but I feel strong and O'Reilly could potentially do this tonight. Not, I don't think pinning Hanson, but maybe uh, Rowe. If he was to get caught out, you know, in that, I think possibly they could get it done. You know, I, I've, I've got a lot more faith in the tag than I have anything else of the Undisputed Era. And it's weird that we're actually discussing the Undisputed Era so thoroughly, you know, as in we haven't done that recently. But they have been a huge part of NXT uh, in the past, you know, couple of years as it is now. And obviously the future going forward. Uh, another interesting thing, we could be talking about outside interference with the Undisputed Era, getting involved. We've seen it a lot. Now elsewhere, and another thing that's been really annoying me in the women's division is the amount of outside interference that we've been having. And that, especially with Kari Sane versus Shania Basler, which ruined a great two out of three falls match because of the interference from uh, Shafir and Duke. I know they're getting a comeuppance uh, in, on NXT the next episode, but still, I, I don't think it's right that we've seen these both kind of gangs doing the same, unless they join them up, and then that makes sense in that way. But let's move on to the Women's Championship match. Bianca Belair versus Basler. Uh, well, I know we're not looking forward to it that much. I don't want to put words into your mouth. But what can they do tonight to kind of make it a good match? Oh, I honestly don't know. I think they need to showcase what everyone believes Bianca Belair can do and that the actual belief she has in herself. I think, you know, Shayna Baszler, she can have a stable match. She can have, you know... A, uh, not a terrible match, but nothing, you know, nothing five, six, seven star matches. She can have an okay match. And if Bianca Belair does all she can and brings Scott, there's no outside interference. And, you know, they they might not have a terrible match as, as compared to what we're expecting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to expect to see Shafir and Duke here at some point, especially if they want to try to protect... Uh, Bianca Belair's kind of, you know, undefeated streak as they're making a point of it. But we know, you know, with Oscar, we're undefeated. Are they kind of selling us this to say otherwise? I think it'd be interesting. Sorry, go on. Well, I was just about to say, but if, like, Jasmine Duke and Shafir do make an entrance, we'll, we see Kari 
Io Shirai, you know, they've got a match up next. Yeah, NXT. The next NXT, and that would make perfect sense. But would they go out to help Bianca Belair, or would they be going out to help her, or just to even the odds because they are so good? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, exactly, and that's the interesting thing. And then one-on-one, can Bianca Belair beat Baszler? That's the question we'll be asking here tonight. I would love to see, uh, in this match, uh, Baszler being the kind of MMA fighter to be, uh, Belair's wrestler. And... Uh, attempts, you know, like grabbing the arm and Bianca Blair showing her power by either picking her up, lifting her, you know, leg submissions and being able to break it, power moves, you know, gorilla press slams, you know, other kind of moves like this and trying to show off what she can do. And it kind of being a back and forth match because I, I really worry if, if Basler is working over Belair, working the arm like she does with her opponents, the crowd, is, Bianca Blair hasn't got enough of crowds to get behind her at the moment. We don't know enough about She's a heel. You know, what is there to like Himself the EST undefeated, she's got long hair, she can beat everybody, she seems really cocky. What's there to kind of like about her and get behind? And if she's been putting submissions for 10 minutes with Basler, I just feel the crowd might switch off. And they don't do that in NXT, and they usually get behind it, you know. But I, I am kind of worried uh, about this match as well, you know. But again, we'll see what it is. The proof's in the pudding, isn't it, with takeovers? And as you said earlier, what did you, what did you say earlier to me? Uh, if it's if you're not looking forward to it, then sometimes it delivers more, you know, because you're not expecting it. So that's what we hope. So they're the three matches that we're not sure about. I mean, they should be good matches. Like if NXT Takeover Blackpool, we said we weren't sure and it delivered because takeovers always do. But I think the next two matches are kind of the ones that are like I I cannot wait <laughs> to see these matches. You know. Well, these matches are definitely going to be. Living up to every expectation we have of them because we've seen what they can do in you know other variations of matches against each other you know against the other people in the matches and you know it is they are great and they're all solid solid workers and can do wonders in the ring. Yeah, I mean these are probably the four best. Uh, it, well, definitely the four best in NXT. I'd be best in WWE at the moment, you know, when you consider it. We'll, we'll do them individually, as it was, and then we just kind of talk about the respective story. Uh, but the North American Championship on the line, Johnny Gagano versus Ricochet. Uh, has been more focused, you know, this is crazy. We talk about, you know, as Black Johnny Gagano, kind of, he, he has been NXT these past couple of years. The storylines have been focused on Gagano. Kind of everything, even when you think back of, you know, when Chumpa got injured and he turns on him, and then the losing streak that he had, he couldn't pick up a match, could he? Uh, and then the matches with CM where he came close, but he can never get the job done. Uh, and then the feud with Chumpa coming through there, this hill turn that we've seen recently. And with with Chumpa pulling the, screw, it's, you know, the, the strings, going against Ricochet, I cannot wait for this match. I feel, that, I'm going to say this now, and if, I, if, I, if I'm wrong then I'll eat my hat. I feel this is going to be a five-star match. This is going to be a match that we look back on and say, oh, fuck, do you remember when Gagano and Ricochet went one-on-one? Because Gagano is fantastic. He can go. And if Ricochet, well, if he turns it up the way that he can in this one, I don't think he can disappoint. Am I bigging it up too much, Dan? I don't think you are, no, because we've got the best of all worlds because Johnny Gagano is an absolutely amazing technical wrestler. And throwing the high-flying, just technical wizardry of Ricochet. I mean, you know, what more can you want from a match? Now, this is the thing as well. You, you can't... There's such a story told. You've got the undercurrent of, like you said, Chumper looking at it and the Gagano wanting the championship. 
to kind of prove a point to himself and, you know, maybe even to Chumford. And Ricochet's kind of been caught up in this and he's not really sure, you know, what is this? He just wants to defend his North American Championship. He's not going to back down from a challenge, even if, you know, the, the odds are against him. And uh, I don't think Ricochet really had... If we look at his takeover matches, you know, the ladder match was great. The super kick to Adam Cole was fantastic as well. Uh, when, he got, when, he, when he got super kicked by Adam Cole. Uh, but I feel tonight we're going to see a couple of things like that. Just with, not only with story, but just kind of, you know, what each man can do in the ring, you know. And, and I just love both of them. And then you've got the NXT Championship on the line as well. With uh, Alistair Black versus Tommaso Ciampa, and and that's again it's the entwined stories, aren't they? So you have to talk about them both in that way. Uh, yeah, indeed. And the thing that I like most about these two matches is that three of them could legitimately be two hundred five live wrestlers, but they're not. Yeah, they you know they're going for two of the top three titles in NXT. Um, you know, they've produced match after match after match of the year candidate. And, you know, it's, I can see at the year end, the best match is going to be an NXT takeover yeah. match. I mean, w- without a doubt, you know, you, you know that they're going to deliver. And you talk about these four men, you can... And I would maybe put Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole in there. And say, like, you know, any of this, this combination of matches are going to be fantastic, you know, because of what they can deliver in ring. And I think with Alistair Back and Tommaso Ciampa, you're going to have a real story because Ciampa's been playing such a great story right now uh, that, you know, he's he, it's his goldie. You know, he loves his championship. That's all he cares about. The reason why he did that to Johnny Gagano is because he wants in the first place and he's been paid right that's like the ba- best bad guys are the bad guys that believe they're, you know you can believe in uh, the, 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 you know their, their goal in mind and what happened to them you kind of feel sorry for them as well because well, you feel Champa. you know you look at DIY matches and how much punishment they took they took a, a shitload, and Champa, since he's turned has won the gold is that against Champa now no it's not you know and is that the same with Gagane that's what he's thinking now is it his time with Ricochet to finally win gold and put away the one and only the one they say the man, you know, it kind of the man that gravity forgot. No offense to, to Neville there, and it's just incredible. And then Alistair Black as well. You throw him into the mix, and you, you just got it made, you know. Well, say so, you know you brought up Neville, but what an amazing match Ricochet and Neville could have had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that's the thing that Neville went up to twenty five live, and if it's, he was in NXT to kind of run, 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 um. He was going against Bo Dallas in a ladder match as opposed to kind of ricochet in a ladder match. Just imagine what that could have been. Uh, And the the thing is, is that he could accomplish so much more. But I I think tonight, what we're going to see, we're going to see the kind of four biggest stars in NXT going at it, you know. And with Alistair Black involved against Chumper, it's going to be a story. It's going to be a, a great match. And you wouldn't be surprised if you saw Gagano involved in it as well, you know. That is the thing, you know. There's always what kind of control does Black have over Gagano or what kind of false sense of security is Gagano lulling uh, Chomper into? Yeah, I mean, and, and this is the thing, you know, uh, that that we ask ourselves is is what we're going to see here tonight. So many questions. And the thing about takeovers, if we talk about it, is kind of like, 
we, we, even with the, the women's championship match and we're saying, oh, is there going to be outside interference? But we, there's normally not a DQ, is there? You know, normally not a count out. It's normally just a one, two, three. You kind of guarantee that at takeovers that you're going to get a clean result no matter what. Even if the Hills do win, you know, with the kind of referee distracted, it's not going to be DQ. And I think tonight we're going to see that in all the matches here tonight. We've got, well, how many championships on the line here? We've got four titles on the line here tonight. And, you know, conceivably, every one of them can change hands. Could you say that in a WWE pay-per-view, you know? No, you definitely couldn't. You kind of know, going into WWE pay-per-views, that a a few of the predictions or spoilers of what's going to happen. But with this, you know, they definitely, legitimately could go anyway. Yeah, and I mean, and, and this is the thing. And when you look at the kind of the, the talent on show here tonight, and the talent that's not at takeover, we've mentioned it. People like Kari Sane and Io Shai aren't here. People like Adam Cole and the Velveteen Dream, of course, Bobby Fish as well. You know, and it is quite an incredible thing. Uh, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, takeovers in just a second, and, and what we're looking forward to, and, and what to expect here tonight, and why they don't let us down. Uh, but first, we had the WNR 200 yesterday, and of course, uh, we just like to thank everybody for the kind of fantastic response. And one of the things we got the biggest response for, and um, a few people have emailed in saying, "Did anybody die?" No one has died, but we did have the kind of WNR 200 uh, reel that we played. Everybody wasn't listening last night. First off, just go listen to the WNR 200. It was it was long. But it was well worth it. We, you know, we in depth two hundred. Everything you need to know about WNR podcast is there in those podcasts. Uh, but the WNR two hundred reel. So just for a second, we're going to play that here before we uh, finish up the show. It's been a long day. Without you, my friend And I'll tell you all about it When I see you again We've come a long way From where we began Oh, I'll tell you all about it When I see you again When I see you again Hello, and welcome to the WWE Network Review, a brand new podcast. Thanks for downloading. It reviews the WWE Network and see if it offers value for money. My name is James Rowland, and I'm joined by my two friends, Dan White. My name is James Rowland, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And... Jared It's episode 25. In this episode, we're celebrating the 25 years of The Undertaker. Hello. And welcome to the WNR podcast or the WWE Network Review, a weekly podcast where we get the very best the WWE Network has to offer. It's been a long day without you, my friend, and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about. My name's 
James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by and it's episode 50 today. Hello and welcome to the WR Podcast. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by Dan White. And it is a very special episode today because it is episode 75. Hello, I am James Rowlands, and as you can tell, we are live. And as always, I'm joined by Sam White. I didn't say your name that time. You see what happened there? Yeah. And it is the WR 100. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by Dan White. And today, it is the WR 125. Well, yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by Dan White. And it's the WR 150 today. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by Dan White. And today, it's 175 episodes we've done. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you not a dry eye in the house right now so that was WR200 and uh, there's going to be plenty more stuff to come but what's happening on the W Network at the moment with their pre-show Dan? Uh, well they've been giving out some more awards we've had Tag Team of the Year Undisputed Era and Bobby Fish accepts that award and he goes out and rings the bell next to the announced panel we've had Match of the Year Johnny Gagano Versus Andrade Cien wow. Almas. And what a match that was at TakeOver last year. Quite incredible. I mean, I think Dave Meltzer gave it a kind of 7 out of 5. And uh, we couldn't believe it. it's a 45 minutes long and just a complete classic as it was. Male competitor of the year, Chomper. But he refuses the award and prefers his goldie. Yeah, yeah only one piece of gold that Chomper cares about here. And it's again, it's great kind of character development for him. I can't say any... Mostly Jumper. Um, we've had Female Competitor of the Year, and that was won by your f- fanatic. Yes. And, uh, oh, so, so what? You know, the rightful winner of the um, May Young Class... Well, not May Young Class, sorry. The rightful winner of the, the takeover match with Basler. First May Young winner. Of course, uh, Kari Sane wins Women of the Year. Is that surprising to you, maybe? I don't think it is to me, really. No, I think she has been standout female competitor of the year. Yeah, I think that shows me uh, that there's, uh, it's going to be a big year for her. And Pat McAfee has put me off a little bit on the uh, kickoff panel at the moment. Trying to get himself over instead of the talent, which will work well for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about takeovers. And like I say, we are... Well, just over 20 minutes away from takeovers. And why are takeovers so good, Dan? Why do they deliver so much that WWE events do not? Well, one name in mind, and that is Vince McMahon is not involved, and Triple H kind of takes the reins with 
Shawn Michaels helping them out there as well. And I, I just think it's, they get more time. There's, you know, they're not trying to cram too much and too many talents into one pay-per-view. You know, we, we've noted that there's a few missing out here, like Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole, if you'd like to class him as a talent. Um, and, you know, they're not getting matches here, but it's still going to be an amazing card. Yeah. You know, they don't have to use everyone at their disposal, which I think is great. Yeah. I, I, I think that, um, I don't think it's a different man thing as, as such. I think just the problem with WWE at the moment, main roster-wise, is there's so much talent, so much, you know, time to fill. That's why the pay-per-views have to be four or five hours long now with that stuff. Back in the old days, you know, when, when pay-per-views, even the Attitude Era, pay-per-views only two and a half hours, three hours long. Uh, and that was enough to kind of get the story across. I think with takeovers, you found you're keeping it. It was a two-hour special originally, two and a half hours. Maximum it's ever been maybe is, is three hours, never ever longer than that. Um, you know, and, and and I feel it just gives enough time. You know, the five matches it gives enough space for each of them to breathe. You can still have little segments in between, uh, and, and I, you know, and they kind of set it out right. And the thing we talked about as well, there's always clean finishes. There's never kind of disqualification of countouts. At a, at a kind of big event as it is, there's always a payoff, which you need at big events to kind of be excited about the next one. You know, that's why we're only really excited about the Rumble and WrestleMania because we know at other shows they're just going to keep going on with a storyline, you know, to the next biggest event they've got, which will be that month. With takeovers, they feel more special. And maybe the fact there's only five of them, you know, a year, is that, is that a case as yeah. well? Yeah, I think that has something to do with it. Also teams with the fact that they get plenty of time to build it up and tell a great story towards it. You know, we've seen something common on the NXTs in between the takeovers that, you know, one week they're focused on the main event match, another week they're focused on the women's match and the tag team matches and, you know, the, the secondary and tertiary matches as well. And, you know, it just, it hooks you in and you want to know what's going on with it all. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, like I said, it's so easy to pick it up. If you're just watching NXT, this is the problem and this is why we're here for anybody is, is to put all this stuff together and kind of give you the best and then you can pick and choose either what you watch or, you know, even if you're going to get the network like we said originally, but you can either choose NXT uh, 205 Live, NXT UK. I know people haven't got enough time to watch all that plus the kind of classic content plus Raw Smackdown and everything else. And I think with NXT, if you're watching that alone, you're going to be happy with it, you know, because you get the hour each week, you get takeover events. It's always special. It always delivers, you know, even with the worst matches on a takeover, there can always be a surprise. We talk about Riddle Ono. We talk about Basler versus um, Belair. Anything can happen here tonight. You know, might be surprised. we might see a debut. We talk about the women's division. We might see a new debut of a, a, a woman coming out here and staking a place. We might see a new tag team here tonight as well. We don't know who's going to be in the crowd, you know, and we're still not sure. Even though we've done the predictions, we're still not 100% sure which way we could go. If Alistair Black was to walk out here NXT champion at the end of the night, Dan, would you be 100% surprised? Uh, I'm... I probably would be a bit surprised. I wouldn't say 100% surprised. But, you know, we'll... Because we've got a Royal Rumble tomorrow night as well, you know, will we see some NXT wrestlers in there or have they kind of shown their hand by saying that, you know, they're calling up Lars Sullivan, EC3. Are they going to be a couple of more obvious... NXT wrestlers yeah. there, like, you know, slash surprise entrances? Or are they going to save it to last the wrestle 
goodbye for a couple. I I definitely think we're going to see another Chumper versus Gagano match down the road, you know, to end it all, if you know what I mean. And Alistair Black, it's potentially could be his last night here in NXT tonight. Or they might, like I said, with the call-ups, leave it until after WrestleMania. So, you know, possibly they could continue it. You could have a tag team match between, you know, Chumper and uh, Gagano versus Black and Ricochet in the next takeover at WrestleMania. And you wouldn't argue against that either. So I just want to say, so much how, how many times you talk it up. I can't remember last time there's been a bad takeover, Dan. Can you actually remember the last one? I don't think we have had one. Honestly, with the kind of Chicago, and we always do live shows for it because it's always worth staying up for. It's good it's on a Saturday as well because it gives it that little bit of different feel, you know, a bit like with Sundays with pay-per-views. You know you've got kind of work next day. With a Saturday, you can kind of get into it and more excited. Uh, and I think that's what works for it as well. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. So final thoughts, Dan. What's the one thing you're hoping for here today over Phoenix? Personally, I hope that the Riddle-Ono match delivers and the Basler-Belair match delivers yeah. as well. And we get, I don't know, a surprise debut. That would be nice, yeah. That would be or, nice. Or, you know, you know, someone else to get thrown into the mix. Whatever, you know, whether it's a, a woman, a tag team, or... Yeah. A male competitor as well. Yeah, and I think I'll, I'll play into that, and I think that's what I want tonight is a statement NXT to us to show us where they're going to go for the next year. You know, they've talked about Undisputed Era. They talked about, you know, Champa. Let us know tonight where you're going in either division, whether it be the tag team women's or, or the main, you know, WrestleMania and beyond, because it's something to definitely look forward to. But there is a couple of things that, you know, could be improved. But this is the thing about TakeOver that makes it so exciting. Uh, but we are not done this weekend just yet, even though we had the WNR 200 yesterday. And, of course, today we're live for uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Tomorrow, Dan, we are live again, aren't we? We are live again, yes, and it is 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, yeah. 10, we nearly got it wrong uh, today with 11 o'clock, but we realised it started at 10 instead. So, if it's fine, we're live again tomorrow at 10 and we'll be doing live kind of um, talk alongside the WWE Network kickoff. There's two matches on the kickoff to look forward to. The uh, Cruiserweight Championship, Buddy Murphy is a champion. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, and, of course, we've got 205 live from there. Uh, and, and a lot as well, I think, Rusev Nakamura. But anything else about TakeOver, Dan, before we leave it? No, nothing at all. I just, you know, I hope we get a, a... Well, I don't hope. I know we're going to get a good yeah, show. Yeah, we are. We and, are. You know, again, I hope I get a perfect score on predictions again. Yeah, and uh, we'll bring you the um, winner of the uh, superstar of NXT of the year, if you will, on uh, the TakeOver podcast. The actual, you know, it's to come out next weekend. That'll be uh, out next Sunday. Uh, and of course, we'll bring you Raw Rumble live tomorrow, and Raw Rumble event will be out on Wednesday for the WNR podcast. But that is it. We're going to get ready for NXT Takeover Phoenix. But before we go, uh, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at Journalist Score Rollins. Across all the Google platforms on Google Plus, WWE Network Review. Send us an email to WNR Podcast at Gmail. And we're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Well, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. We've got clips on there. Talk about Ricochet. He's going to get against Will Ospreay in a 6.30 challenge on our YouTube channel. It's WWE Network Review Podcast. Uh, of course, all the clips for the shows that we've seen live 
as well. And the podcasts are on there. Same time they are like other places like um, SoundCloud. On your- also, Speaker Radio, where you listen to us now live. Stitch Radio and iTunes, where you can uh, download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. We're going to get ready for TakeOver Phoenix. And we'll see you again in 24 hours for the WNR's Royal Rumble live kickoff. But until then, I have been James Rowlands. And as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Bye.